0: Welcome to Jaded YA Reads, a YA read-aloud podcast for teens, tweens, and adults, brought to you by the Wells Public Library. This season, we'll be reading The Inheritance Games, by Jennifer Lynn Barnes, with permissions from Little Brown and Company. Thank you for listening. Chapter 57 Even though it was the dead of night, I made Oren take me to the armory. Following him through, twisting hallway after hallway, all I could think was that someone could hide forever in this house. And that wasn't counting the secret passages. Eventually, Oren came to a stop in a long corridor. This is it. He stood in front of an ornate gold mirror. As I watched, he ran his hand along the side of the frame. I heard a click, and then the mirror swung out into the hallway, like a door. Behind it, there was steel. Oren stepped up, and I saw a line of red go down his face. "'Facial recognition,' he informed me. "'It's really only meant as a backup security measure. "'The best way to keep intruders from breaking into a safe "'is to make sure they don't even know it's there. "'Hence the mirror.' "'He pushed the door inward. "'The entire armory is lined with reinforced steel. "'He stepped through, and I followed. "'When I'd heard the word armory, "'I'd pictured something out of a movie, "'copious amounts of black and Rambo-style cartridges on the walls. "'What I got looked more like a country club.' The walls were lined with cabinets of a deep cherry-colored wood. There was an intricately carved table in the center of the room, complete with a marble top. "'This is the armory,' I said. There was a rug on the floor, a plush, expensive rug that looked like it belonged in a dining room. "'Not what you were expecting?' Oren closed the door behind us. It clicked into place, and then he flipped three additional deadbolts in quick succession. "'There are safe rooms scattered throughout the house. This doubles as one.' A tornado shelter, too. I'll show you the locations of the others later, just in case. In case someone tries to kill me. Rather than dwelling on that, I focused on the reason I'd come here. Where are the Winchesters? I asked. There are at least thirty Winchester rifles in the collection. Oren nodded toward a wall of display cases. Any particular reason you want to see them? A day earlier, I might have kept the secret, but Jameson hadn't told me that he'd "'looked for, possibly found, the clue corresponding to his own middle name. "'I didn't owe him any secrecy now.' "'I'm looking for something,' I told Oren. "'A message from Tobias Hawthorne. A clue. "'A carving. Most likely of a number or symbol. "'The etching on the tree in the blackwood had been neither. "'Mid-kiss, Jameson had seemed convinced that Toby's name was the next clue, "'but I wasn't so sure. "'The writing hadn't been a match for the carving at the bridge.' It had been uneven, childlike. What if Toby had carved it himself as a kid? What if the real clue was still out there in the woods? I can't go back, not until we know who the shooter is. Orrin could clear a room and tell me it was safe. He couldn't clear a whole forest, pushing back against the echo of gunshots and everything that had come after. I opened one of the cabinets. Any thoughts on where your former employer might have hidden a message? I asked Orrin, my focus intense. "'Which gun? Which part of the gun?' "'Mr. Hawthorne rarely took me into his confidence,' Oren told me. "'I didn't always know how his mind worked, but I respected him, and that respect was mutual.' "'Oren removed a cloth from the drawer and unfolded it, spreading it across the table's marble top. Then he walked over to the cabinet I'd opened and lifted out one of the rifles. "'None of them are loaded,' he said intently, "'but you treat them like they are, always.' He laid the gun down on the cloth and then ran his fingers lightly over the barrel. This was one of his favorites. He was one hell of a shot. I got the sense that there was a story there, one he'd probably never tell me. Orrin stepped back, and I took that as my cue to approach. Everything in me wanted to shrink back from the rifle. The bullets that had been fired at me were too fresh in my own memory. My wounds still throbbed, but I made myself examine each part of the weapon, looking for something, anything, that might be a clue. Finally, I turned back to Oren. Where do you load the bullets? I found what I was looking for on the fourth gun. To load a bullet onto a Winchester rifle, you cocked a lever away from the stock. On the underside of that lever, on the fourth gun I looked at, were three letters. O. N. E. The way it had been etched into the metal made the letters look like initials, but as I read it as a number, to go with the one we'd found on the bridge. Not infinity, I thought. Eight. And now? One. Chapter 58 Orrin escorted me back to my wing. I thought about knocking on Libby's door, but it was late. Too late. And it wasn't like I could just pop in and say, There's murder afoot! Sleep tight! Orrin did a sweep of my quarters and then took up position outside my door. Feet spread shoulder-width apart, hands dangling by his side. He had to sleep sometime, but as the door closed between us, I knew it wouldn't be tonight. I pulled my phone out of my pocket and stared at it. Nothing for Max. She was a night owl and two hours behind me time zone wise. There was no way she was asleep. I DM'd the same message i texted her earlier to every social media account she had. Please respond, I thought desperately. Please, Max. Nothing. I hadn't meant to say that out loud. Trying not to feel utterly alone, I made my way to the bathroom, laid my phone on the counter, and slipped off my clothes. Naked, I looked in the mirror, except for my face and the bandage over my stitches. My skin looked untouched. I peeled the bandage back. The wound was angry and red, the stitches even and small. I stared at it. Someone, almost certainly someone in the Hawthorne family, wanted me dead. I could be dead right now. I pictured their faces one by one. James had been there with me when the shots rang out. Nash had claimed from the beginning that he didn't want the money. Xander had been nothing but welcoming. But Grayson... If you were smart, you'd stay away from Jameson, from the game, from me. He'd warned me. He'd told me that their family destroyed everything they touched. When I'd asked Rebecca how Emily died, it hadn't been Jameson's name she'd mentioned. Grayson told me it was her heart. I flipped the shower on as hot as it would go and stepped in, turning my chest from the steam and letting the hot water beat against my back. It hurt, but all I wanted was to scrub this entire night off of me. What had happened in the Blackwood... What had happened with Jameson? All of it. I broke down. Crying in the shower didn't count. After a minute or two, I got a hold of myself and turned the water off, just in time to hear my phone ringing. Wet and dripping, I lunged for it. Hello? You had better not be lying about the assassination attempt, or the making out. My body sagged in relief. Max! She must have heard in my tone that I wasn't lying. What the elf, Avery? What the everlasting... Mothing foxing elf is going on there. I told her all of it, every detail, every moment, everything I'd been trying not to feel. You have to get out of there for once. Max was deadly serious. What I said, I shivered and finally managed to grab a towel. Someone tried to kill you, Max said with exaggerated patience, so you need to get out of murderland like now, I can't leave, I said. I have to live here for a year where I lose everything. So your life goes back to the way it was a week ago. Is that so bad? Yes, I said incredulously. I was living in my car, Max, with no guarantee of a future. Key word living. I pulled the tower tighter around me. Are you saying you would give up billions? Well my other suggestion involves preemptively whacking the entire Hawthorne family, and I was afraid you'd take that as a euphemism. Max Hey, I'm not the one who made out with Jameson Hawthorne. I wanted to explain to her exactly how I'd let that happen, but all that came out of my mouth was, Where were you? Excuse me? I called you, right after it happened, before the thing with Jameson. I needed you, Max. There was a long, pregnant silence on the other end of the phone line. I'm doing just fine, she said. Everything here is just peachy. Thanks for asking. Asking about what? Exactly. Max lowered her voice. Did you even notice that I'm not calling from my phone? This is my brother's. I'm on lockdown. Total lockdown because of you. i known the last time we talked that something wasn't right. What do you mean because of me? Do you really want to know? What kind of question was that? Of course I do. Because you haven't asked about me at all since any of this happened. She blew out a long breath. Let's be honest, Ave. "'You barely asked about me before.' "'My stomach tightened. "'That's not true. "'Your mom died, and you needed me. "'And with everything Libby and that bob-forsaken ship-stain, "'you really needed me. "'And then you inherited billions and billions of dollars, "'so of course, you needed me. "'And I was happy to be there, Avery, "'but do you even know my boyfriend's name?' "'I racked my mind, trying to remember. Jared. "'Wrong,' Max said after a moment. The correct answer is that I don't have a boyfriend anymore because I caught Jackson on my phone trying to send himself screenshots of your texts to me. A reporter offered to pay him for them. Her pause was painful this time. Do you want to know how much? My heart sank. I'm so sorry, Max. Me too, Max said bitterly, but I'm especially sorry that I ever let him take pictures of me, personal pictures, because when I broke up with him, he sent those pictures to my parents. Max was like me. She only cried in the shower, but her voice was hitching now. I'm not even allowed to date, Avery. How well do you think that went down? I couldn't even imagine. What do you need? I asked her. I need my life back. She went quiet just for a minute. You know what the worst part is? I can't even be mad at you because someone tried to shoot you. Her voice got very soft, and you need me. That hurt because it was true. I needed her. I'd always needed her more than she had needed me, because she was my friend, singular, and I was one of many for her. I'm sorry, Max. She made a dismissive sound. Yeah, well, the next time someone tries to shoot you, you're going to have to buy me something really nice to make it up to me. Like, Australia. You want me to buy you a trip to Australia? I asked, thinking that could probably be arranged. No. Her reply was pert. I want you to buy me Australia. You can afford it. I snorted. I don't think it's for sale. Then I guess you have no choice but to avoid getting shot at. I'll be careful, I promised. Whoever tried to kill me isn't going to get another chance. Good. Max was quiet for a few seconds. Ave, I have to go. I don't know when I'm going to be able to borrow another phone, or get online, or anything. My fault. I tried to tell myself this wasn't goodbye, not forever. Love you, Max. Love you too, Beach. After we hang up, I sat there in my towel, feeling like something inside of me had been carved out. Eventually, I made my way back into my bedroom and threw on some pajamas. I was in bed, thinking about everything Max had said, wondering if I was a fundamentally selfish or needy person, when I heard a sound like scratching in the walls. I stopped breathing and listened. There it was again, the passageway. Jameson, I called out. He was the only one who'd used this passage into my room, or at least the only one I knew of. Jameson, this isn't funny. There was no response, but when I got up and walked toward the passageway, then stood very still, I could have sworn I heard someone breathing, right on the other side of the wall. I gripped the candlestick, prepared to pull it, and face down whoever or whatever stood beyond. But then my common sense, and my promise to Max, caught up to me, and I opened the door to the hallway instead. Oren, I said, there's something you should know. Oren searched the passageway, then disabled its entrance into my room. He also suggested I spend the night in Libby's room, which didn't have passageway access. It wasn't really a suggestion. My sister was asleep when I knocked. She roused, but barely. I crawled into bed with her, and she didn't ask why. After my conversation with Max, I was fairly certain I didn't want to tell her. Libby's entire life had already been turned upside down because of me. Twice. First when my mom had died, then all of this. She'd already given me everything. She had her own issues to deal with. She didn't need mine. Under the covers, I hugged a pillow tight to my body and rolled toward Libby. I needed to be close to her, even if I couldn't tell her why. Libby's eyes fluttered, and she snuggled up next to me. I willed myself not to think about anything else— Not the Blackwood, not the Hawthorns, nothing. I let darkness overcome me, and I slept. I dreamed that I was back at the diner. I was young, five or six, and happy. I place two sugar packets vertically on the table, and bring their ends together, forming a triangle capable of standing on its own. There, I say. I do the same with the next pair of packets, then set a fifth across them horizontal, connecting the two triangles I built. Avery Kylie Grams. My mom appears at the end of the table, smiling. What have I told you about building castles out of sugar? I beam back at her. It's only worth it if you can go five stories tall. I woke with a start. I turned over, expecting to see Libby, but her side of the bed was empty. Morning light was streaming in through the windows. I made my way to Libby's bathroom, but she wasn't there either. I was getting ready to go back to my room and my bathroom when I saw something on the counter, Libby's phone. She'd missed texts, dozens of them, all from Drake. There were only three, the most recent, that I could read without a password. I love you. You know I love you, Libby Mine. I know that you love me. Chapter 59 Warren met me in the hall the second I left Libby's suite. If he'd been up all night, he didn't look it. A police report has been filed, he reported, discreetly. The detectives assigned to the case are coordinating with my team. We're all in agreement that it would be to our advantage, at least for the moment, if the Hawthorne family does not realize there is an investigation. Jameson and Rebecca have been made to understand the importance of discretion. As much as you can, I'd like you to proceed as though nothing has happened. Pretend I hadn't had a brush with death the night before. Pretend everything was fine. Have you seen Libby, I asked. Libby isn't fine. She went down for breakfast about half an hour ago. Orrin's tone gave away nothing. I thought back to those texts, and my stomach tightened. Did she seem okay? No injuries, all limbs and appendages fully intact. That wasn't what I'd been asking, but given the circumstances, maybe it should have been. If she's downstairs in full view of Hawthorne's, is she safe? Her security detail is aware of the situation. They do not currently believe she is at risk. Libby wasn't the heiress. She wasn't the target. I was. I got dressed and went downstairs. I'd gone with a high-neck top to hide my stitches, and I'd covered the scratch on my cheek with makeup, as much as I could. In the dining room, a selection of pastries had been set out on the sideboard. Libby was curled up in a large accent chair in the corner of the room. Nash was sitting in the chair beside her, his legs sticking straight out, his cowboy boots crossed at the ankles, keeping watch. Between them and me were four members of the Hawthorne family. All with reason to want me dead, I thought, as I walked past them. Sarah and Constantine sat at one end of the dining room table. She was reading a newspaper, he was reading a tablet. Neither paid the least bit of attention to me. Nan and Xander were at the far end of the table. I felt movement behind me and whirled. Somebody's jumpy this morning, Thea declared, hooking an arm through mine and leading me toward the sideboard. Oren followed like a shadow. You've been busy, girl, Thea murmured directly into my ear. I knew that she had been watching me, that she'd probably been ordered to stick close and report back. But how close was she last night? What does she know? Based on what Oren had said, Thea hadn't shot me herself. But the timing of her move into Hawthorne House didn't seem like a coincidence. Zara had brought her niece here for a reason. Don't play the innocent, Thea advised, picking up a croissant and bringing it to her lips. Rebecca called me. I felt the urge to glance back at Oren. He indicated that Rebecca would keep her mouth shut about the shooting. "'What else was he wrong about?' "'You and Jameson,' Thea continued, like she was chiding a child. "'In Emily's old room, no less. A bit uncouth, don't you think?' "'She doesn't know about the attack.' "'The realization shot through me. "'Rebecca must have seen Jameson come out of the bathroom. "'She must have heard us, must have realized that we—' "'Are people being uncouth without me again?' Xander asked, "'popping up between Thea and me and breaking Thea's hold. "'How rude!' I didn't want to suspect him of anything, but at this rate, the stress of suspecting and not suspecting was going to kill me before anyone else could do me in. Rebecca stayed the night in the cottage, Thea told Xander, relishing the words. She finally broke her year-long silence and texted me all about it. Thea acted like a person playing a trump card, but I wasn't sure exactly what that card was. Rebecca? Bex texted me, too, Xander told Thea. Then he glanced apologetically at me word of Hawthorne hookups travels fast rebecca might have kept her mouth shut about the shooting but she might as well taken a ab- billboard out about that kiss the kiss meant nothing the kiss isn't the problem here you there girl nan jabbed her cane imperiously at me and then at the tray of pastries don't make an old woman get up if anyone else had spoken to me like that i would have ignored them but nan was both ancient and terrifying So I went to pick up the tray. I remembered too late that I was injured. Pain flashed through like a lightning bolt through my flesh, and I sucked a breath in through my teeth. Nan stared just for a moment, then prodded Xander with her cane. Help her, you lot. Xander took the tray. I took my arm back to my side. Who saw me flinch? I tried not to stare at any of them. Who already knew I was injured? You're hurt. Xander angled his body between mine and Thea's. "'I'm fine,' I said. "'You most decidedly are not.' I hadn't realized Grayson had slipped into the banquet hall, but now he was standing directly beside me. "'A moment, Miss Grams?' His stare was intense. "'In the hall?' Chapter 60 I probably shouldn't have gone anywhere with Grayson Hawthorne, but I knew that Orrin would follow, and I wanted something from Grayson. I wanted to look him in the eye. I wanted to know if he'd done this to me, or had any idea who had. "'You're injured.' Grayson didn't phrase that as a question. "'You will tell me what happened.' "'Oh, I will, will I?' I gave him a look. "'Please.' Grayson seemed to find the word painful or distasteful, or both. I owed him nothing. Orrin had asked me not to mention the shooting. The last time i talked to Grayson, he'd issued a terse warning. "'He stood to gain the fortune if I died.' I was shot. I let the truth out because for reasons I couldn't even explain, I needed to see how he would react.' Shot at, I clarified after a beat. Every muscle in Grayson's jawline went taut. He didn't know. Before I could summon up even an ounce of relief, Grayson turned for me to my guard. When? He spat out. Last night, Orrin replied curtly. And where? Grayson demanded of my bodyguard. Were you? Not nearly as close as I'll be from now on, Orne promised, staring him down. Remember me? I raised a hand, then paid for it. Subject of your conversation and capable individual in her own right? Grayson must have seen the pain the movement caused me, because he turned and used his hands to gently lower mine. "'You'll let Orrin do his job,' he ordered softly. I didn't dwell on his tone or his touch. "'And who do you think he's protecting me from?' I glanced pointedly toward the banquet hall. I waited for Grayson to snap at me for daring to suspect anyone he loved, to reiterate again that he would choose each and every one of them over me." Instead, Grayson turned back to Oren. If anything happens to her, I will hold you personally responsible. Mr. Personal Responsibility, Jameson announced his presence and ambled toward his brother. Charming. Grayson gritted his teeth, then realized something. You were both in the Blackwood last night. He stared at his brother. Whoever shot at her could have hit you. And what a travesty would be, Jameson replied, circling his brother, if anything happened to me. The tension between them was palpable. Explosive. I could see how this would play out. Grayson calling Jameson reckless, Jameson risking himself further to prove the point. How long would it be before Jameson mentioned me? The kiss. Hope I'm not interrupting. Nash joined the party. He flashed a lazy, dangerous smile on his brothers. Jamie, you're not skipping school today. You have five minutes to put on your uniform and get in my truck, or there will be a hog tying in your future. He waited for Jameson to get a move on, then turned. Gray, our mother has requested an audience. Having dealt with his siblings, the oldest Hawthorne brother shifted his attention to me. I don't suppose you need a ride to Country Day? She does not, Orrin replied, arms crossed over his chest. Nash noted both his posture and his tone, but before he could reply, interjected. I'm not going to school. That was news to Orrin, but he didn't object. Nash, on the other hand, shot me the exact same look he'd given Jameson when he'd made the threat about hog-tying. "'Your sister know you're playing hooky on this fine Friday afternoon?' "'My sister is none of your concern,' I told him. But thinking about Libby brought my mind back to Drake's texts. "'There are worse things than the idea that Libby might get involved with the Hawthorne, "'assuming Nash doesn't want me dead. "'Everyone who lives or works in this house is my concern,' "'Nash told me. "'No matter how many times I leave or how long I'm gone for, "'people still need looking after. "'So?' "'He gave me the same lazy grin. "'Your sister know you're playing hooky?' "'I'll talk to her,' I said, "'trying to see past the cowboy in him to what lay underneath.' "'Nash returned my assessing look. "'You do that, sweetheart.' Chapter 61 I told Libby I was staying home. I tried to form the words to ask her about Drake's texts and came up dry. "'What if Drake's not just texting?' That thought snaked its way through my consciousness. What if she's seen him? What if he talked her into sneaking him onto the estate? I shut down that line of thinking. There was no sneaking onto the estate. Security was airtight, and Orrin would have told me if Drake had been on the premises during the shooting. He would have been the top suspect. Or at least close to it. If I die, there's at least a chance that everything passes to my closest blood relatives. That's Libby, and our father. "'Are you sick?' Libby asked, placing the back of her hand on my forehead. "'She was wearing her new purple boots and black dress with long lacy sleeves. "'She looked like she was going somewhere. "'To see Drake?' "'Dread settled in the pit of my stomach, or with Nash. "'Mental health day,' I managed. "'Libby accepted that and declared it sister time. "'If she'd had plans, she didn't think twice before ditching them for me.' "'Wanna hit the spa?' Libby asked earnestly. I got a massage yesterday, and it was to die for. I almost died yesterday. I didn't say that, and I didn't tell her that the massage therapist wouldn't be coming back today, or anytime soon. Instead, I offered up the only distraction I could think of that might also distract me from all the secrets I was keeping from her. How would you like to help me find a Davenport? According to the internet search results Libby and I pulled up, the term Davenport was used separately to refer to two kinds of furniture. A sofa and a desk the sofa usage was a generic term like kleenex for a tissue or dumpster for a garbage bin but a davenport desk referred to a specific kind of desk one that was notable for compartments and hidey holes with a slanted desktop that could be lifted to reveal a storage compartment underneath everything i knew about tobias hawthorne told me that we probably weren't looking for a sofa this could take a while libby told me do you have any idea how big this place is I'd seen the music rooms, the gymnasium, the bowling alley, the showroom for Tobias Hawthorne's cars, the solarium, and that wasn't even a quarter of what there was to see. Enormous. Palatial, Libby chirped, and since I'm such bad publicity, I haven't had anything to do for the past week except explore. That publicity comment had to have come from Elisa, and I wondered how many chats she'd had with Libby without me there. There's a literal ballroom, Libby continued. Two theaters, one for movies, and one with box seats and a stage. I've seen that one, I offered, and the bowling alley. Libby's coal-rimmed eyes grew round. Did you bowl? Her awe was contagious. I bowled. Libby shook her head. It is never going to stop being bizarre that this house has a bowling alley. There's also a driving range, Orrin added behind me, and racquetball. "'If Libby noticed how close he was sticking to us, she gave no indication of it. "'How in the world are we supposed to find one little desk?' she asked. "'I turned back to Oren. "'If he was here, he might as well be useful. "'I've seen the office in our wing. "'Did Tobias Hawthorne have any others?' "'The desk in Tobias Hawthorne's other office wasn't a Davenport, either. "'There were three rooms off the office—the cigar room, the billiards room. "'Oren provided explanations as needed.' The third room was small, with no windows. In the middle of it, there was what appeared to be a giant white pod. Sensory deprivation chamber, Oren told me. Every once in a while, Mr. Hawthorne liked to cut off the world. Eventually, Libby and I resorted to searching on a grid, the same way Jameson and I had searched the Blackwood. Wing by wing and room by room, we made our way through the halls of Hawthorne House. Oren was never more than a few feet behind. And now the spa. Libby flung the door open. She seemed upbeat, either that or she was covering for something. Pushing that thought down, I looked around the spa. We clearly weren't going to find the desk here, but that didn't stop me from taking it all in. The room was L-shaped. In the long part of the L, the floor was wooden. In the short part, it was made of stone. In the middle of the stone section, there was a small square pool built into the ground. Steam rose from its surface. Behind it, there was a glass shower as big as a small bedroom with faucets attached to the ceiling instead of the wall. Hot tub, steam room. Someone spoke up behind us. I turned to see Skye Hawthorne. She was wearing a floor-length robe, a black one this time. She strode to the larger section of the room, dropped the robe, and lay down on a gray velvet cot. Massage table, she said, yawning, barely covering herself with a sheet. I ordered a masseuse. Hawthorne House is closed to visitors for the moment, Oren said flatly completely unimpressed with the display well then sky closed her eyes you'll need to buzz magnus past the gates magnus i wondered if he was the one who'd been here yesterday if he was the one who shot at me at her request hawthorne house is closed to visitors orne repeated it's a matter of security until further notice my men have instructions to allow only essential personnel past the gates sky yawned like a cat I assure you, John Orrin, this massage is essential. On a nearby shelf a row of candles was burning. Light shone through sheer curtains, and low and pleasant music played. What matter of security? Libby asked suddenly. Did something happen? I gave Orrin a look that I hoped would keep him from answering that question, but it turned out I was aiming that request in the wrong direction. According to Grayson, Sky told Libby, there was some nasty business in the Blackwood. Chapter sixty two Libby waited until we were back in the hallway to ask, What happened in the woods? I cursed Grayson for telling his mother, and myself for telling Grayson. Why do you need extra security? Libby demanded. After a second and a half, she turned to Oren. Why does she need extra security? There was an incident yesterday, Oren said, with a bullet in a tree. A bullet? Libby repeated. "'Like, from a gun?' "'I'm fine,' I told her. "'Libby ignored me. "'What kind of incident? "'With a bullet and a tree,' she asked Oren, "'her blue ponytail bouncing with righteous indignation. "'My head of security couldn't, or wouldn't, "'obfuscate more than he already had. "'It's unclear if the shots were meant to scare Avery "'or if she was a genuine target. "'The shooter missed, but she was injured by debris. "'Libby,' I said emphatically, "'I'm fine.' Shots, plural? Libby didn't even seem like she heard me. Orn cleared his throat. I'll give you two a moment. He retreated down the hall, still in sight, still close enough to hear, but far enough away to pretend he couldn't. Coward. Someone shot at you and you didn't tell me? Libby didn't get mad often, but when she did, it was epic. Maybe Nash is right, damn him. I said you pretty much took care of yourself. He said he'd never met a billionaire teenager who didn't need the occasional kick in the pants. "'Orin and Elisa are taking care of the situation,' I told Libby. "'I didn't want you to worry.' Libby lifted her hand to my cheek, her eyes falling on the scratch I'd covered up. "'And who's taking care of you?' I couldn't help thinking about Max saying, "'And you needed me,' again and again. I looked down. "'You have enough on your plate right now.' "'What are you talking about?' Libby asked.' I heard her suck in a quick breath, then exhale. "'Is this about Drake?' She'd said his name. The floodgates were officially open, and there was no holding it back now. "'He's been texting you.' "'I don't text him back,' Libby said defensively. "'You also haven't blocked him.' She didn't have a reply for that. "'You could have blocked him,' I said hoarsely. "'Or asked Elisa for a new phone. "'You could report him for violating the restraining order.' I didn't ask for a restraining order. Libby seemed to regret those words the second she'd said them. She swallowed. And I don't want a new phone. All my friends have the number for this one. Dad has the number for this one. I stared at her. Dad? I hadn't seen Ricky Grams in two years. My caseworker had been in touch with him, but he hadn't so much as placed a phone call to me. He hadn't even come to my mother's funeral. Did Dad call you? I asked Libby. He just... wanted to check on us, you know? I knew that he'd probably seen the news. I knew that he didn't have my new number. I knew that he had billions of reasons to want me now, when he never even cared enough to stick around for either of us before. He wants money, I told Libby, my voice flat. Just like Drake. Just like your mom. Mentioning her mother was a low blow. Who does Orrin think shot you? Libby was grappling for calm. I made an attempt at the same. The shots were fired from inside the walls of the estate, I said, repeating what I'd been told. Whoever shot me had access. That's why Orne's tightening security, Libby said, the gears in her head turning behind her coal-lined eyes. Essential personnel only. Her dark lips fixed themselves in a thin line. You should have told me. I thought about the things she hadn't told me. Tell me that you haven't seen Drake, that he hasn't come here that you wouldn't let him onto the estate. Of course I didn't. Libby went silent. I wasn't sure if she was trying not to yell at me, or not to cry. I'm going to go. Her voice was steady and fierce. But for the record, little sis, you're a minor, and I'm still your legal guardian. The next time someone tries to shoot you, I damn well want to know.